Welcome back to the Lift Podcast, episode number 11. And this is a rugby special. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the Six Nations as a whole. And obviously, after the amazing weekend of rugby that we've just had, uh, we're just going to go over, talk about all everything uh, that's happened over this over the tournament and kind of the highlights for us. And basically, yeah, just kind of give a nice overview of what we thought how, or how the tournament went in our eyes. Um, so to start with, I'm going to throw the question to Oscar. What was your kind of, who was your standout team over the tournament as a whole? Um, I mean, overall, like, you just can't argue that the, fr- the French team have been exceptional. Obviously, yeah. they lost to us in an absolute thriller of a game. Like, it was so good. The, the England-France game was probably the best game England played in a while. Yeah. And on top of that, cool. you know, it's the best game, except for this weekend's fixture that France have played. Mm. But they've been playing incredible flair, classic French rugby with a really young team. They've yeah. just Their attacking prowess has just been unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, so, like, it's just beautiful it, to watch. Like, when they get going, yeah. it's just, like, fluid. It just looks amazing. And you just feel like, why can't England be like that? <laughs> like it's just I so mean, depressing. <laughs> Even though we beat it's them, it's like, like fuck. Like you know, it kind of annoys me. It's just, it's just baffling because obviously England go in like the favourites to do so well, and we get carved apart. <laughs> and France always always turn up when things start getting important like when leading into world cups and things like that you know the next world cups in two years time in france they've got to be ready for it and by the looks of it they're going to be incredible by that point yeah they're gonna they're in such good shape for like for, for the future they've got like such good young players you know coming through like it it's just like you know jalibur goes off with a head injury and entomac comes on it's like oh god you got two like world-class tens there just like it's just almost like it's almost like how new zealand were like back in like I was watching earlier uh, a replay of like England, New Zealand in 2012 when I think England beat them at Twickenham. I think I was at that game uh, live as well at Twickenham. And it was like, I just looked at the New Zealand squad and it was like the, the whole team was just like legends. It was just a full team of legends. And then on the bench, they had like, I mean, you had like Dan Carter starting at 10 and you had like Aaron Cruden on the bench. And it's just like, depth was just un- unreal and that's like what france are kind of reminding me of a little bit at this point like their depth is very very good so yeah they're definitely going to be like very very well equipped for the for the next couple of years leading into like the next world cup and stuff um but for me i guess my for me my standout team are scotland um just because hear me out hear me out <laughs> because look i scotland have been bad for so long they have been pretty shit. Yeah, they've okay. been, you know, they've been. It's been Italy, then it's been Scotland, and then it's been the 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 the, the big three, right? Uh, big four, sorry. You know, Scotland have never really been able to compete up until now, um, and I think it's just it was just really good to see that you know they actually put up a massive massive fight this this tournament and actually came out with some really really stand up performances. I think like. I think the squad that they brought for this Six Nations was was really really good. I liked how they brought in a lot of young young kind of up and coming players and actually gave them a chance. You know, unlike unlike some some people, you know, England, for instance. Um, 
they actually gave their youngsters a chance in in games in in quite notable games as well um and they did really well surprisingly so you know that's something to take away from england i don't know but i just think it's just nice for me even though i'm obviously not scottish and i don't really support scotland you know in any way it's just nice to see them actually playing well and actually putting up a fight because now it's only just now you only got one more team to actually start putting up a fight in italy and that, that will probably never happen so um i mean it, it's funny you said like i i agree scotland have been pretty pretty fun to watch and they they are doing better like they did beat england and stuff like that but to say you know with the likes of like next week you know fingers crossed they're more than likely going to get pumped when France have got to put, like, play clutch and, and clean up so that they can win the tournament. I, I don't you think know. it's going to be... Uh, I don't think it's going to be that easy for France at all. Um, I really don't. I think I think Scotland are going to, you know, put up a mass, a big, big fight, you know. Because they, they... I actually think Scotland and France play quite similar styles of rugby, in a sense. They, they're, they're quite flary, you know. When, when Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg get going... And orchestrating that attack, it is, it is fun rugby to watch, and it's similar with 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 uh, with France, with you know uh, Dupont and and Jalibert when they, when they they're their kind of talisman in the backs and stuff, and I think they play very similar in that sense. So I think it will be a really good game to watch again, quite an entertaining. I think it'll be quite high scoring. So, you know, I do think France will win, obviously, because uh, France are the better team. But I just think in terms of my standout team of the tournament, in terms of just how. They surprised me in a, in the best way. That's what I'm basically trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree. They've been very surprising. Like their results have been unbelievable. But I like the way I look at it is, you know, they beat England in Twickenham. Okay, fair enough. Did bits there, and they were unbelievable. <laughs> like they're just way better than England. But yeah, they've had the home advantage on every game. And everyone talked about. Obviously, there's no fans. But they talk about Murrayfield as like this fortress. But they they lost to Scotland, uh, Wales in. Murrayfield, they lost to Ireland in Murrayfield, and they they obviously they pumped Italy. Shot. I mean, but who hasn't? <laughs> I mean, by the biggest margin actually. So it could be it could be tighter, but they're away in France for a big game, where where France have got to really turn up and play some serious rugby. And like when France needs to turn up, they really can. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I agree. But, I agree but, with that. Hundred percent. I think it's just like. <laughs> Outside of outside of that, yeah. just of how just how how much they kind of surprised me, and because I think they're probably the one team that has improved the most. I'd say. Mm. Do you agree with oh, that? Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. And actually, look, looking through, I've got all the the results up. Looking through the results, like obviously we'll ignore all of the Italy results, but yeah, just, they're void. It's basically who can get the best point difference. <laughs> um, but all of their games, all games have been worryingly close. Yeah. You know, you other than Wales against England, Christ, every game has been within three to well sub five point point difference. Oh, and England Ireland actually, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean that's I mean that just goes a bit that's just so like that's be, just a testament yeah. to how good the rugby's been, like this kind of tournament. You know, I think it's been really exciting. Uh, most most weekends have been like actual good rugby to watch, which is which is you know something new because I mean past couple of years I think international rugby has been like 
not stale. I wouldn't say stale at all, but certain certain matches between certain nations, it's just like it's just same stuff over and over again. And I mean, you know, we'll get on to how England aren't play a certain way, you know, but it's I just think this tournament especially has really like put in perspective how exciting rugby can be and how, how well it can be played. Um and Yes, I think the refereeing has in in specific matches have has a massive effect on that. Like for example, the France the France Wales game this weekend, the refereeing was fantastic. I thought it was probably the best best show class of refereeing or showcase of refereeing. Sorry, that for this entire tournament. Um, Two I can't, English refs. English ref. Pierce and Wayne Barnes. Yeah. Laws. Um, but I genuinely think like the speed at which he kept the game being played contributed massively to, to 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 how the kind of game like played out between the two teams and i think mm-hmm. you know what was it jamie roberts said in the post post match kind of chats that you know he was he was he's probably the only ref that he that we've seen this whole tournament and probably beyond this tournament as well who's actually stuck to that 5 second rule at the breakdowns and actually mm. kept the kept the nines hurrying them up to actually use the mm. ball within the 5 seconds and it actually made a massive difference because you usually get the nine gets the ball at the back of the at the back of these rucks, you know, wheels it back with his foot, takes his nice time. Ref says, "Use it nine five. You got five. Fifteen seconds later, the ball's still at the back of the ruck, and it's like, mm. you know, the, it slows the game down massively. And I think it made massive difference, um, you know. But I think, I mean, the French. If we go on to the French France Wales game, it had bloody everything, didn't it? Mm. It was, you know. Personally, it was probably the best Six Nations game I've ever seen. I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll put that stamp on it. I don't know what you, what you think, but I thought it was amazing. You could argue <laughs> the thing is the games were so tight this year. Like France, Wales, two points, trying the corners to win it, unbelievable. Scotland, Ireland, Sexton bangs a, a penalty True. Uh, to win the game. And then you've got Scotland, Wales, the Rizamit try that lost Valid. like that win. You know all these games are stupidly tight. So yeah, France, France, Ireland, France only won by two points. Yeah, no, so I know. So many games. Like, that's what, I, down to the I've, wire. I've absolutely loved it. Like it's been such good rugby to watch. Um, you know, it's been so tight at the top of the table. I think it's just been. It's just been a pleasure to like watch on the weekends at the moment. Like it's just something everyone, every rugby fan, just enjoys this period of time, and especially this mm-hmm. this year because there's been some absolutely world class rugby being like been played. But particularly with the Wales, the Wales France game, I thought it was probably one of the best games I've ever seen. One because it had everything. It literally had everything going on in it. It had a bit of controversy. It had disallowed tries. It had yellow cards. It had a red card. It had, it went down to the wire, you know, last ditch, bloody corner, trying the corner for France to pull away from it after big old defensive effort from Wales. Like, it was mental. It was absolutely mental. And because just the speed of the game, it was like fucking everything was happening so quickly. And it was just, it was just, it was just a really, really good game to watch. But it made me laugh quite a lot, actually, because like thinking about it, because it's like the, if you just compared how the two games went the wales the france wales game and then the england island game before that <laughs> it's just like the the difference in gameplay and the difference in the speed of play was just ridiculous 
I mean, Ireland, their speed of play, Ireland were all over it. It's just England just didn't... It, it was almost as if they just were like, oh, you know, we've lost anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah. You know, we're not going to win overall, but like, and they ended up getting absolutely pumped by, by Ireland. And they, they turned up and just absolutely carved apart. They were, they were incredible. Their attack was great. Their deeds their have all been very strong. Yeah. Um, for the yeah. whole tournament, I believe. I, yeah. But then so is Wales. Um, yeah. But the thing I was going to say about the Wales-France game was, as you said, it did have everything. The first 14 minutes, it was try, try, try. Two tri- try uh, four four tries in the first four 19 tries. minutes. Yeah. Crazy. Just back and forth tries. And then Wales pull away and everyone goes, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. that's one the grand slam, that's it. Exactly. 10-point lead. And then 10 minutes in, you know, France are all over them. Then there's a red card. Well, France get a yellow. Then there's a red card. Yeah. Down to 14 men. And everyone, literally, you could tell every person that comments on Instagram posts and things like that will be like, <laughs> Wales can't win legitimately without an extra man. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you had 16, you had, you had 15 men against, uh, 15 versus 14 every game, or 16 men against England. Yeah. Or Italy had three yellows. So even then, you had a player advantage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Literally, and you're like you're like shitting it, and then France turn up and just carve up. They've got a scrum, yellow card, then another yellow, and yeah. suddenly it's fourteen versus thirteen. They score, and Dick's uh, got red. It was, it was, just, like, it was just crazy. Going? Like I've probably never been that that animated for a rugby match before. Like in well, in just in a long time, probably since the World Cup when we got to the final. You know, like. Yeah, I was I was jumping up and down when fuck when they when they started shipping that ball out wide in that final play. I was like. Get that ball out wide. Just fit. Like I just wanted them to win. I don't know. Like that might just be a bit of like you know hate on Wales just because it's Wales and I don't like them at all. But um, I don't know. I just think France. Like it. It, it was. It was just like the perfect ending. Like it just France coming back, and I just really enjoyed it. But I've never supported France so hard in my life. <laughs> exactly. And, and never have I enjoyed them winning as much as I did. Oh mate, honestly, it was. It was. It was just a great. It was great to see. It was just absolutely great to see. But I think what so what's your what's your thoughts overall on England? Like, because I think obviously it's been you know clearly a disappointing tournament. Obviously we've gone backwards since the World Cup. Um, but the question the question is, have we gone backwards in the World Cup, or have we just stagnated and everyone figured out a game plan? Like, yeah, the team's the same. Point. So the players haven't gotten worse. So yeah. you could argue that other teams are getting better, other teams are playing differently, other teams have figured out our game plan that we had for the World Cup that did so well, you know. Um, but the biggest issue I'm having is playing players who, you know, legitimately they played in the Awesome Nations, but they haven't had club game time. But I'm not going to say, like, Billy Vunipola has been awful because he's been fantastic. His statistics show how good he's been. Yeah, you know, has been excellent. Billy, past, than... past couple games he's turned up, but mm. beginning of the tournament, Billy was quiet. Um, I mean, he was quiet because he wasn't boshing four or five players, but he was still making yards. Yeah, I think his, his game plan expectations for him are very got high. A lot of shit. Well, a lot of expectations for him are very high because you've got the likes of Simmons and Dombrak carving up at club level, <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. fair enough, they're carving up at club level, but. International Billy's rugby is so different. Yeah, Billy's not going to waste his time playing at championship level, even though Sarri's need to 
Put, yeah. yeah, we we need to do some work. Put their asses. <laughs> we actually, in we actually need to down. play some games properly to actually. <coughs> we might not even fucking go back up. <laughs> um, I mean, they're ten points behind Ealing. Now, be devastating. So That'd actually be hilarious if we don't actually go back up. And, and they lost to um, Cornish. Cornish Pirates. Yeah, as well. I know. Don't remind me. Awful. God. You got Richmond next week as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> Real side note that. But no. Um, mm-hmm. But then you've got the likes of. Uh, Daly, who finally turned up on the weekend when we've been needing him. Yeah, all, he... All, all Six Nations. And you're thinking, you know, why is it only taking you the, the the ominous threat of being dropped to turn up? Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the other thing that annoys me with, with, with like, the kind of, like, Daly situation is just, like... So, Max Malins gets injured um, in the in the warm-up, Right. So that means Daly had had to go back to um, full back, right? Yeah. So, and then and then that's why Ollie Lawrence came in. Mm-hmm. I don't get why Ollie Lawrence wasn't picked over Daly for that thirteen well, spot. I, I agree. Like you've He's, got Marchant, you've got yeah, Lawrence, and it's like almost okay. You see all these posts like, okay, Daly says 13 is his preferred position. If if 13 is your preferred position, why why is he starting at fullback? Like, why is ha- why has he been starting at fullback this whole time, when 13 mm. is his when 13 is his preferred position? Yes, he's not as good as Henry Slade, but you know there is there are better at the moment there are way there are better fullbacks in English rugby than Daly. Daly's been way out of form. For for more than more than a year, in my opinion, um, you know, and it's just like, and then he gets, and then he gets put into thirteen, and it, I think it just kind of shows that lack of kind of trust in the kind of less experienced players, and I think that's mm. kind of like one of the issues England's had at the minute, just because it's like they've they as I watched the interview, um, the po the post match interview of the. Uh, off the island game and Eddie was saying that you know he even admitted you know the team has been the same for the past four to five years it's been the same guys um and yeah I get it like you want to you know they had good success at the world cup so there's no real need there's no real reason to kind of change up the team in in such a drastic way um and obviously they weren't gonna they wouldn't obviously they could never predict how they were gonna play in this tournament so that's kind of like you know that's fine, but it's like if you even if you just have a look at teams like Scotland, like teams like teams like uh, France, you know, they're bringing in these young players who are performing really, really bloody well for them, um, and we're just not giving the, these guys an opportunity. Having having said that, um, Eddie did also mention, obviously, in in this uh, in this in, in the post match interviews that he does expect the team to be shifted around quite massively in the change of personnel. Yeah. Um, post lions tour um so uh, that that's obviously showing that there will be a change in personnel quite a massive change in personnel apparently um after the lions tour so that'd be nice to see um i hope i hope players who deserve it don brandt simmons marcus smith start getting involved in their kind of england setup because i think it just we just need a change of change of change of pace i think we we play very boring rugby at the moment um yeah what what's your thoughts on uh the kind of George um George Ford Farrell 
combination at 10 and 12. I think we are just wasting positions and talent. Like It worked for us when... Yeah, it worked for a while, but I just think England need to sort out that centre partnership. We we don't have a powerful centre partnership anymore. You know, we missed Tuolangi. We missed Tuolangi, but we missed just an out and out twelve. Like Faz is an out and out ten. Yes, very true. Out and out ten. You're wasting two very talented players in 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 the ten position. You know, you look at some of the best centre combinations. The world have seen like you had Sonny Bill and Manu or Marnonu and Conrad Smith. Conrad Smith and Marnonu, like you know, if you could have a Tolangi and a Slade combination again with Faz or Ford oh. at ten, oh. it would be great. You know, yeah. where our wingers May hasn't been exceptional this season, this this tournament. Sorry, mm. but yeah. then like he, you know, he'll probably Watson, still carve up Watson's a club level. Been class. Yeah, and then we need an out and out fullback as well. You know. The issue I'm having is like, I like Daly. I think he's a good player. I just think he's also just hasn't been on form and is isn't your safe bet under a high ball. You know, a fullback's big job. Like Alex Good has an interview on the Rugby Pod that's brilliant. He talks about his feud or like disagreement with um, Eddie Jones because when he played for Saris and had player of the season, then European player of the season, he was on the form of his life and wasn't getting picked. Then gets picked and has one bad game for England and doesn't get picked again. Mm, so yeah. Alex Goo is an incredible fullback. He's so good. I, I rate him so highly. But you had the, you had the likes of Mike Brown, who was incredible in the 2013 Six Nations. I'm not going to argue that, but was exceptional. But then lived off that for four years. Yeah, no. But that's 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 the problem with England. I feel like that's the problem with England. Like they build these teams. So, for example, this team was kind of built in preparation for that period that that uh, the past World Cup. Well, we, yeah, fair enough. We did really bloody well. We got to the final, you know. I think that 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 team that team setup worked really well because obviously the kind of combination of Ford Farrell, I feel like those players work really, really, really well within playing to a system. Um, and I think obviously for like World Cups and things like that, playing to a system is what you need because of you know how many games you're playing, the different type of play, different type of teams you're playing to. Playing at a t- playing with us in within a system and sticking to your systems is massively beneficial for for tournaments like that. But when it comes to kind of you know, and I think it showed a lot in 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 a lot of the games. You know, it's like ugh, when they get into open play and you can see the kind of their kind of like patterns have have broken down within within a, within a set play or within a phase. It's like you just look mm-hmm. around like no one knows what to. It just looks like no one knows what to do in certain times. And it's like all that all that happens. They get the, they they throw the ball over to George Ford and he just he just bombs it in the air and he just kicks it away. And then we and then we're back yeah. on defense. And it's like we need players that can that can you know really think on their feet and really just like you know attack attack you know attack space and not just not just like stick and play to a system so like kind of adamantly and not have anything else to their game um mm. and that's what really frustrates me is like whenever we kind of break down we just we we have not we have nothing else we just kick away and go on defense yeah and it just really annoys me because it's just boring to watch unfortunately as a fan mm. <laughs> I just think I just think like it is time for a complete reshuffle. Um, yeah. In some personnel, like our backline, 
you know, our back row is incredible. Miss Sam Underhill, he was exceptional. Very much and so. And still is, obviously, but when he's back, it'll be great. We've got so much talent in the back row to pick from, and we're just not picking them. Um, even off the bench, the front row... <sighs> It's going to seem very controversial. I just don't think Genge is international standard ready. I, he's too I'm hot-headed not, yeah. and could lose his cool very quickly. And having the likes of him and Sinclair together in the front row, is that good for England? No, because we're probably guaranteeing a yellow card, just like we had with Dylan Hartley. Yeah, so true. I, I, I like Genge's... I, like I, I really like Genge's um, like tenacity and his aggression, but he can't control it in certain times. And then, obviously, when, when that when that happens, it, it's just out the window. I think he's a pretty good scrummager. Um, I think he he's probably been one of our best scrummagers in the tournament. Um, I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think well, Sinkler's been... I think Sinkler's been very poor in scrumming. Um, Mako's, Mako's been pretty decent in the scrums, but Sinkler's definitely, you know, been quite poor. I think he's been one of the main reasons we've lost a lot of scrums and stuff. But... You know, Genji's a good scrummager. If he can control himself, class. You know, that is where we need him. But he can't, unfortunately. And you know, you, you've seen the clips. <laughs> it was just yeah. nailing some bloke on the floor, like <laughs> outside of play. It's just like why? Like he had nothing to do with the play, and he was just like wrestling this bloke on the floor. I think it was, might have been uh, Henderson. Sexton. Yeah, it was Sexton. He was elbowing him in the face. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, so it's just let's like let's hope that doesn't get flagged. Yeah, I know, but it's yeah. You're right. I think the combination of them two is a bit poor. But then again, if looking outside of outside of that pool of players, like who who in the front row is is kind of worthy, you yeah. know? Um, I think I think front row is probably one of the positions that we are lacking in in England um, for like really quality front row players. Um, outside of the boys who are already in the England sweat-up. So. I mean, you've got you've got Ben Abali, you've got uh, Harry Williams, um, obviously Jamie George has been good, you've got uh, yeah. Ben Moon, you've got um, the Geek, oh, I always forget his name, he played uh, a couple caps in the Autumn Nations, he came on for like 10 minutes, but like, you know, some of these players just don't get any, any time. Um, and then you have the likes of, like, I, I have to, because I love tuning into his little shit on England this circle of Woodward just shitting on England every time every opportunity <laughs> he, shitting on Eddie and he, like, he just he, he is just riding high on that 2003 World Cup win every time he goes on television <laughs> and I love it <laughs> like I just think it's hilarious because he, he as you're, you're right man he just he just he just he just he just complains about England all the time um, like and he, you know, he has a lot to, to talk about because he took England to a World Cup final, fair enough, and won it, and oh, Six Nations Grand Slam that year, with arguably the best players England have had for years, as in the best English team yeah. that's been on, that's graced this earth. Yeah. So, but then, like, no one talks about the fact that the following year he took them to a third place finish after a high, like, got thumped by France and Ireland, Yeah. and he acts like he had a perfect, like, like career. Yeah. And it's like, we, I mean, you just didn't, like... <laughs> You know, no, I great. They had agree. they had an exceptional two thousand and two. They had a great two thousand. Sorry, an exceptional two thousand and one. A great two thousand and two and a uh, two thousand three. But 
you know, he, he, he just talks as if, like, Eddie's fucking useless and has done nothing. Well, it, when... it, it, it does really annoy me, actually, like, you know, when... <laughs> it's really funny, right? If you look, if you actually, like, looked at the England uh, rugby Instagram page um, last week when we beat France and then look at it again when to uh like from for this weekend when we lost to Ireland the difference in what people comment and what is like the most liked uh comments on 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 there in the comment section is actually it's laughable it how people can change their tone so rapidly and how the kind of general public can just like change how they how they feel the team is it's like they go from yeah. all songs and praises when we beat France. Oh, we're we're good. Eddie's 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 great. Nothing, nothing to worry about. We're back. We're back on the road, boys. Let's go. And then this week, it's like I'll try and pull up as as we're speaking here. I'll try and pull up one of, one of the comments. But it, they were just absolutely dogging on him, like saying it was probably one of the worst campaigns we've ever had. Eddie out. I think it's one of the big, one of the most top top comments. It's like honestly. It just needs to change because I think it. Let me have a look here. Um, yeah, it is an embarrassment of a Six Nations campaign. Eddie out, Jones out, Wanger in. <laughs> Classic. Um, but it it really it does just blow my mind how people can like change their minds so quickly, and I think it's not fair on um, on Eddie on the team. Um, you know, because teams have bad days. Pe- teams have bad tournaments. Like, mm. yes, I think it is clear that there needs to be changes within the team, a hundred percent. And I don't think Eddie could argue that. I don't think the team could argue that, really. Um, and yes, there are things that the team need to work on, but it's not bl- like it's not like we we were we were like so bad that the entire team needs to be removed. Eddie needs to be to to be ousted. I think there's such a cancel culture at, at the like with rugby especially it's like as soon as a coach as soon as a team starts losing like on a semi-regular basis the coach needs to be instantly removed like when did this when did this become football like, it's <laughs> very football-esque um and I agree with you like last week we saw England play an exceptional game against um France the best and team in the tournament song- yeah, everyone's all songs and praises for Eddie, for Farrell, for Ford, you know, for, for this person, for that person. And then a week later, yeah, miserable performance, I'm not going to argue, but you can't suddenly be like, oh, Eddie's out, get rid of him, change clientele, change the whole team, everyone, like, no, there's his training method blatantly works because he went from a game where he lost to uh, Wales, and Ireland, uh, Wales and Scotland and went and put put his foot to France, the only team to beat France yeah. so far. Yeah. You know, um, so he's obviously done something right. And at that point, when does it go to come down to the players? You know, because they they blatantly showed they're good enough to beat anyone in the tournament. Yeah, that's so, yeah. So at that point, like you know, for example, like we we could. We could we could argue till our faces are blue, but <laughs> when you don't you don't blame when when you lose a game of rugby as a player you don't turn around and go to your coach like what the fuck like why did we lose yeah you know yeah, exactly he's done his you part. actually he's done his part yeah he's done his part 
You know, he he took legitimately. There's obviously a coaching issue at the start of the tournament, a few yeah, mishaps, I'd say a that. few player issues, uh, and training methods because you know our game plan was awful. Changed the game plan, played exceptional against France. Did that game plan and then change again potentially, but you know it's down to the players to figure out. Yeah, when they're on the pitch, this isn't working. You're right. We've got game plan A, B, C, D, E. Yeah, A's not working, B's not working. Let's use C and D. I think it, it, you're right. Like when you actually think about it, because I've never actually thought about it like that before. When you said it, it actually made it makes so much sense. Like as a player, when you when you when we when we lose a game, you don't just run up to your coach and be like, "What are you doing? Like this is all your fault." Like you lost a game because of the players. The players lose a game. The coach doesn't lose a game. You know, mm. obviously, yes, the coach has some sort of impact into maybe how the team is playing. And obviously, at a professional level, I think obviously the, the coach's impact is a lot greater than at, at a lower level because, you know, just you, people, players stick to a system a lot better at a higher level and all this jazz. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's just down to the players. And there's, you know, there, there's clearly it might just be a, a complication in like personnel. Like so, maybe you know, it's it's it might be obvious now that some players are just not gelled together as well as others, and maybe some don't play as well together as maybe another combination. Um, and you know, I just think it's really like it's really just like kind of rubbish to 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 just oust Eddie Jones and just blame him for everything. And it's almost like you get you're giving letting the players go off scot free, and I don't even think the players care. Eddie obviously doesn't care about what the what the what the public is saying when it comes to being negative and all that kind of stuff because they're professionals they know to just drown it out but like I think it's just annoying to see as like a person who just wants England to do well when you just see them getting absolutely dogged by everyone after you know yeah they lost badly but every team has lost very badly you know and I just, yeah, like no 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 one no one goes out to lose like, Eddie doesn't coach England to lose players so, you know he's had enough, he's having a hard enough time with the press like you don't need needless comments especially like you know um one of the things that marcus and i and a few others are talking about is like the fact billy has out and out apologized to everyone for not being good and yeah. it's like you've been incredible it's nuts. Like, <laughs> it's why, nuts. Why? <laughs> so why why does he have to feel like he has to apologize to the public for not playing well like it's actually mental how it's come down to that well, I apologise to people who are never going to make it to even 50% of the level he's at. Like, <laughs> half these boys aren't even playing bloody National League rugby and they're calling out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's usually bloody old men who, have part, who haven't played rugby in about 17 years, more plus. That's just a rogue number I came in my head. I don't know why I said 17. Yeah. But you get what I mean. It's like, you know, these blokes who are just sitting down, beer bellies, getting through beers and beers and beers, commenting whatever the nonsense on Instagram or social media. And it's like... You know what? What gives you the right to chat to talk about mm. talk about these players like this? You know what I mean? It's just like, just leave it off. You know. It's also it's also the the, the other things that make me laugh is that the game's gone soft, and I just oh, laugh because I'm like, players are now bigger, fitter, stronger than they've ever been. The, they hit harder. Mate, the hits in this and tournament. We're we're caring more about the safety of players now than ever before, and I think that should, that you know, as someone who's been on the receiving end of a lot of concussions, that should be. Paramount. There are a lot of complaints about the Bundiaki red. When you know, by law, it's a connection to the 
It's a red the, mate. To the chin. I agree with it uh, 100%. Yeah. Like, I agree with you, mate. Like, the, the, uh, it's one thing that I, I'm, like, I'm actually really happy and, you know, I think the, the, like, the kind of world, world rugby referee, refereeing staff, like, deserve quite a lot of credit for this tournament, you know, how much they've been on the, on it in terms of, um, <clears throat> concussions and, any contact to the head is just either immediate penalty or ye- at least a yellow. In pretty much most cases, it's happened. It's been either a yellow, and in some of the cases, it's a red card. And I think it's justified, you know. And it's mm. it will slowly. I think it will slowly change the way people are tackling. It will change the way people are going into tackles to make sure that they're n- not making any contact with the head, which is a good thing in the long run but, just for a people's like bloody health <laughs> you're never you're never taught to tackle people's heads so like why do it like you know as a child you're taught cheek to cheek talk tackle low like we're trying to encourage that at a higher yeah. level and also like for both parties the longevity of your career is going to be far better if you're tackling properly than it is if you're just going in for big hits you know <sighs> I don't want to be on the receiving end of Billy Vunapola 130 kilos coming at me and I tackle his chest. If I tackle his legs and he goes down, I'm going to be far better off than I am when I'm six foot back, <laughs> currently rolling over myself. <laughs> yeah, I've been, trust me, I know. <laughs> so I just, I, I think I think it's laughable personally, just the comments and the media and people talking about players and coaches who have played and coached at high levels that you're ever going to... It's, it's, it's cool having an opinion. Like, I agree. Like, I will talk about daily and say like he's not been on form and I don't think he should be selected at the moment and I won't play as high level as daily but you know to, to say he's like he's god awful you know he's fucking shit and you know he should be axed completely and Eddie Dennis is shit yeah. Billy Vunapolo's shit makes no sense apology like it just doesn't make sense though. yeah it's stupid yeah. to say that because we know like you know <laughs> the all of these players are fucking unreal <laughs> like they're all good players to even be to even be considered for international level rugby, you've got to be the best within the Premiership, right? You've got to be one of the best players in the in the Premiership, or whatever league you're playing in. So, like, to say that these guys are rubbish, to say that you know they they don't deserve anything that they're getting is is bollocks. But it's it is there are there are just still some obviously there are glaring issues that are even apparent to the idiots that that will then over exaggerate and you know comment all these just stupid things um and they will they will pick it up as well and that's what they kind of feed off of to get all of these comments out aren't they so i think it's just mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if it's any different in india do you think it's any different in any other country i just i, I do feel like england particularly has quite a toxic community when it comes to us losing i mean i think a lot of people will agree that english fans are the worst like we give the most crap we, as in, like we talk the most shit when we win, you know, yeah. I, I, myself included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say yeah. to Sean and yeah. stuff. It's just it's like friendly banter. But in terms of the comment section, we shit people, shit on people more than we're definitely they, the most petty on us. And then we don't, yeah. And then we don't like it when it's returned to us. Yeah, we we are the we are the most so. petty nation when it comes to like all this shit, like like all of the stuff about Wales and how like. Mm. England, like the whole thing with like the refereeing thing with Wales, oh, the, the the amount of the pettiness in the comment sections after that game was actually hilarious to watch and li- look mm. at. But again, yeah, it just it, 
it just annoy it just annoys me because I think it just it puts a damper damper on like what was an actual pretty good game of rugby mm. and like Ireland does really deserve to win that game. They played very very well, um, mm. and it's like instead of can like instead of highlighting how Ireland did well, it's always how bad England did, and that's what's annoying. Yeah, I mean, uh, England, um, England, like objectively, England were probably one like outside of, outside of outside of Italy, England were the, probably the worst team. Yeah, like, overall from their start against Wales, did they play against Wales first? Is yeah, that correct? yeah. I think, let me just just fact check that they had. Yeah, it was like Wales, Wales, Wales first. Yeah, yeah, it was Wales, then. and they, they didn't have the best of performances, but like you know, they they got progressively better and better throughout the tournament like you know I know they had France the following week so two top teams then they had Italy to wake themselves back up you know they were strong against England um, yeah you know I, I don't think they were they, they were good awful um, no it, it, so yeah it, it's it's just a shame I think overall um, that it kind of Obviously, it's a shame they ended that way for England. I did hope that we were going to end on a win. Um, I was pretty confident for the team going into it. Obviously, off of the back of a win against France, I thought that that might have kind of carried over that momentum a little mm. bit. But hey, it is what it is. Um, you know, I I I think it's 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 clear that obviously each every team has its life has a lifespan. Um, you know, all, all the great teams do come to an end at some point because players, you know, either get on, they get a bit old, um, new players come through. And I think it is that time at, at the moment for England. You know, I think it's that they're definitely going into that proper transitional phase where they're going to bring in some new new blood. And they could be, we could be bad for a couple of years, but uh, I'll not, I wouldn't, I don't, I won't care at all if, if we're bad for like two or three years. You well, know. I would care because we've got the Six Nations and we've got the World Cup in two years. Sorry, yeah, no. I, I don't care if we're bad like next year, for example. For, for the Autumn Nations and yeah. the next yeah, Six yeah, Nations. Yeah. I'm I, okay with that. As long as, as long as we have, you know, built up our most optimal team for the next World Cup, it's absolutely fine because at the end of the day, that's really what matters. Six Nations and the but, World Cup are really what the two things that matter the most. But, so. you know, I'll say, I'll say it on here and it, it's now going to be bled in stone, but like, I guarantee England will make if if England make these changes, and we go and lose and come fourth or fifth in the next Six Nations with the changes that people have asked for, they'll literally be like, "Eddie Jones is shit." Yeah. What the fuck's he doing? Oh no. Why has he made these 100%. changes? This, that, and the other. A hundred percent. You can't win in that position. You look at, for example, I don't know, obviously, because I'm not from New Zealand, but when New Zealand got beaten by England in that World Cup semi, I very much doubt that the fans were literally shitting all over um oh what's his name he retired didn't he oh for goodness sake the kiwi coach oh my uh, god he's just my mind's gone blank with his name lord uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna quickly check it uh, <laughs> no Ian I, foster yeah is that right obviously the new he's the new one i think yeah Steve Hansen. Steve Hansen, bloody hell, yeah. Jesus, Steve I do Hansen, not remember that. It. Goodness. Steve Hansen, I very much doubt he got uh, the amount of backlash that Eddie Jones yeah. would get. And New Zealand have been the pinnacle of rugby for years. Yeah. You know, expected to win another World Cup final. Yeah. It, it, again, it's just like, 
you know, I, but I, I, there's there's obviously a lot of cultural differences between England and New Zealand. Mm. You know, rugby is 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 very much part of their culture, uh, which it isn't in this country. You know, rugby rugby yeah. is not the main sport in this country. Football is so, you know, and and look how toxic football is. You know, so it's obviously going to bleed over, isn't it? <laughs> um, worrying a, a worrying amount at the moment. Yeah. popularity skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to like end 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 this on on a different note as well. Talking about Italy a little bit, because so I want to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think? Italy should do at this point because obviously you know I'm not going to say it's, it, it is a bit embarrassing it should, I, I think it, it must be embarrassing for them to go out there and get pumped by 50 points every game like I know it's and at the same time it's like how are, how are they developing in any way in, in with that you know they're not they're not getting any better they haven't gotten any better in the past you know four five six years Really, but, but you could you could argue they've got quite a young team at the moment. Oh, 100 percent. No, like I, um, I get it, but uh, you know they've bled quite well. They scored some exceptional tries. Yeah, no, true. Um, like they've done things that, again, teams except for like teams just run away with it after. Yeah. Forty minutes. Then after like, in the se- in the like, second half, they do drop off. Very, very significantly. Like, like, like look the, at, the the conditioning and fitness level difference between Italy and ev- everyone else in the Six Nations was was so notably like obvious. Um, the Scotland team were only just winning come half time. Yeah, exactly. There, there, was seven, there was seven or ten points between them, I believe, at half time. Yeah, it, like, was, it was twenty. Actually, it was twenty nine, twenty nine, ten. I think at half time. Okay, nineteen points. That's yeah. nothing ludicrous. Like, and uh, ten. World score, like world score points, and then you're thinking, you know, Italy look okay. Yeah, I mean, Italy scored first. Yeah, they (laughs) scored first against us. Yeah, they scored first against us, and they always look really good in the first like ten minutes, (laughs) and then twenty minutes, and then they die. And then they die. They literally die. They die. Like all of them haven't got that like level of fitness. I don't know whether that's their. Just their preparation. It's the the obviously the amount of maybe the amount of funding they get, which you know amount of time they put into the into into the team and all that kind of thing. I don't know. I and just feel... the infrastructure, like within the organizations or whatever, mm. obviously is different. Popularity reasons and being and all that jazz. Um, I'd assume, but you know, I feel like they they can see the try and then their heads like just completely drop. Like they could be they could <laughs> yeah. be winning. They could be winning like twenty four nil. Yeah. If they can see the try, they're just like, Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Like, you know, you guys they they've played good rugby in parts and you're like, actually they're winning. Yeah. Like, valid. Seven nil up for yeah. their sake. And then, then they'll concede a penalty or be in their side of the twenty two and they're just like, oh we that's it. Yeah. And but they've got such like talent. Like they've got Pelletri, they've got Garbisi, they've got I really Negri, like Garbisi. I think he's got, got. I think he's going to be. A, has got a good future. I think he's 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 really exciting uh, uh, player to watch. Actually, if you kind of just like watch him, highlight him in a game, and just watch what he does, he's very. He's constantly looking for like those little gaps in space, and I love it. Yeah. Um, but but like you've got uh, Varney, you've got Varney's good quality um, little player. Negroni, they've got their backer. Monte Uwani's you know. pretty good, even yeah. though he's a bit. He's a bit ill-disciplined at times. 
Yeah, and he's questionably Italian. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, this, you can say the same about anyone in any team, any of these teams nowadays. Yeah, CJ Stander, do have Van der Moe, James Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a Fleer. Uh, anyone. Um, Felipe Falatal. Exactly. But like, I, it's just, it's just, it's just, they unfortunately, they get 10 minutes of fame and then that's it, it's game over for them. And it's it's such a shame because they could be so good, they could be so much better. They couldn't be so good, they could be so much better. But is it worthwhile keeping them in here to keep getting pumped? That's what because, that was my that was my question. Mm. I wanted to like end this off of with you. Like it was just like, is it worth them being there? Because like, except Ireland pumping us, there was no there was no games where there were significant gaps in the in in scores. So you could have an incredible Five Nations. Yeah, and then just have an extra week by because basically the Italy game is a buy. It's just a really good one it, for, for anyone who plays fantasy rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> it gives you that week rugby. Yeah. And Whoever's team uh, playing Italy, you put all the fullbacks and all the wingers in. <laughs> like if you if you if you have a shocker against Italy and don't get a bonus point as a as a team like England, France, whatever, like you're basically opening up the tournament for everyone else to overtake you because everyone's guaranteeing a bonus point against Italy. Yeah. So like what's the point in having them? Yeah, I mean the the other conversation I was actually having with, with my with my old man was, you know, there isn't actually anyone else in the in. Uh, there is no other nation who is the, who is who is close to who is close to France. I mean, it's it's Italy. Sorry, Italy. You know, yeah. the the closest you could probably argue is Georgia, um, but but you just could like Georgia would get annihilated by every team, even more than Italy. So this is the thing. And it's even like, Italy would probably put points on them as well. <laughs> so it's like the it's like the Premiership with um, what's going to happen potentially this season. It's Ealing coming up with Saris. Well, you'd hope Saris coming up. God, but I hope so. Let's just say let's just say it's um, like it has been for the last few years, where it's like Newcastle um, and uh, well, could have been Leicester last year, yeah. uh, bouncing up and down. But like Newcastle go down, or Worcester go down, or yeah. Yeah, no longer Bristol, but these teams go down into championship, then go and absolutely pump the championship, then get pumped, then get pumped the championship. Yeah, you know, London Welsh did it, and like, you need a, um, you need like a, a training period of like two seasons, three seasons. Like, if you just get pumped for three seasons, yeah, at the bottom at the top at a Premiership. Then you're going down, yeah. Because because also you run the risk. Like look at Saris, they've lost their funding, like a lot of their funding. Like Allianz is no longer called Allianz. I think that's correct. They've had to change the name because Allianz have pulled their sponsorship. I don't know that. Oh, uh, I think that's correct. Um, Possibly. Let me. Anyway, yeah. It... Like I, I think I, was, I can't remember. I was having this conversation with someone else, and we were discussing like you know. How there, there, there may be, there maybe could be some sort of like. I don't even know how they would, how they would be able to like kind of formulate it or anything, but like have some sort of pre prerequisite uh, for 
like teams to join this to join that that tournament right um now obviously you to make that work you would have you would need a few more nations to be at a similar level to italy for this to work right so for example like say georgia and oof, spain maybe is probably the next yeah let's just run spain yeah spain georgia italy they have almost like a mini kind of round robin kind of sort of tournament between the three of them and it's like they then kind of play for a position within the six nations to be that sixth nation mm -hmm. um now i obviously that's obviously just hypothetical because it, it would never happen because you know but the, the issue you then run is like, let's say the five nations is as tight as it is this year. They're brilliant. Like yeah. that works. But let's just say what happens if England step off the pedal and just get pumped by everyone for a couple of years. Yeah, they, Scotland. Just, they become the yeah. new Italy. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on the thing, yeah, Allianz have pulled away their uh, sponsorship from Saris. So this is kind of where my issue comes in. It's like clubs need a period in the premiership or in the Premiership where they can not get relegated if they've just come up so that they get time to get funding and money because that is the biggest difference is, you know, between championship teams. Obviously, Ealing have got loads of money at the moment, so it's excellent for them. But championship teams have got lots of, of uh, very little money, very little viewing compared to the Premiership teams. And so it then shows when they go up because you've got the likes of, you know, boys that you and I know playing at, club level yeah. they're just getting carved up against England internationals or South African internationals like, yeah. where do you where do you draw the line it, you know I think I if, think if, I think it obviously you can work a little bit better on like a more club level but just because of the sheer number of clubs available in them in that situation but obviously like when you're looking at Italy it's just so difficult because they're not good enough to compete with any of these teams clearly showing as shown this year and years before, but then, but then it's like there's no one below them that's that's even good enough to compete with Italy. So it's like Italy are in this in this almost limbo between two extremes. You've got the the all of the teams in the, in the Six Nations, and then you've got all these kind of up not even up and coming rugby nations, just these kind of lower tier rugby nations. And it's just like Italy are almost smack bang in the middle, and you know. I, I can't see really any way of, of kind of kind of changing it and just they're they're just gonna be the kind of runt of the litter, I guess, of the six nations. Um until they get some sort of superstar squad out of nowhere, out of some youth some of their youth team just comes out of nowhere and just pro provides some absolute god tier players. <laughs> just have a load of basically do what Scotland have done. Get all of their players trained in other countries and then take them over. Yeah, yeah, it, probably. I mean, I know Saris have just signed one of the Italian props. I think it's his name, Riccone. Mm. He's gone to Saris now, so he'll be playing in the championship. <laughs> um, For a couple of seasons. He'll be, and he will be starting as well, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a bit, it's a shame because obviously you see, it is going to just be like, you see, you see whatever team play in Italy and it's like, okay, cool, yeah. How many how many points over fifty are we going to be scoring against them today? So it's just like it is very boring in that sense. But you know, from a fantasy standpoint, it's great because you just get loads of points. But <laughs> yeah. this is true. Yeah. Um. But I guess we can leave it there. Um. You know, 
bit of, that was a, that was a nice little round off. I think we described it well. I mean, I'm looking forward to next week just to see how uh, how France how the whole thing pans out. Yeah, I mean, I really I want France to win overall. Who do you, who out of the two? I, I can pretty much guarantee it. I can guess who you want to win out of the two. Yeah, it's France. Yeah. It's France, obviously. Yeah. I, I don't want Wales to win. No. But now I've looked at the scores and things like that more over than prior prior to this. I just think the likeliness of them winning by 20 points so yeah so unlikely yeah they have to have to what was what was there was some stats wasn't there that got put out like to that were their kind of requirements to actually win and or what was it yeah, to draw I, uh, wasn't it like four put, tries put, and 20 points I put it like in the chat. yeah they beat scotland by at least 21 points and score at least five tries beat scotland by exactly 20 points and score at least six tries or um the title will be shared if they score if they beat Scotland by exactly twenty points and score five tries, mm. so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a tall order against a good Scottish team. Yeah. So basically, they need the bonus point win and and a massive difference because of the point difference. Yeah, yeah, they need to basically pump it front, uh, pump Scotland like how they pumped Italy. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much, which basically. is probably not going to happen. So unfortunately, it was probably looking like it's going to go to Wales, but. Um, fair play, sir. They've fair play. They've done well, but yeah, they can't win without without getting a man off. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. I had to leave that, didn't you? I had to. I, had I can't. I can't that. hold it. <laughs> oh man. Oh well. We uh we hope you enjoyed this one. Um, we just kind of chatted shit about England pretty much for the whole of it. <laughs> um, just rambled on. Yeah, rambled on for an hour. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Um. We are looking uh, to get a pretty pretty good special guest in, uh, maybe for next episode or the week episode after that. Um, so stay tuned for that. For our first elite athlete on the show. Um, I've been on this the whole time. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, our socials will be in the description as as normal. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace.